I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be my fix. My fix is just stop thinking. <laughs> just quit thinking. <laughs> turn your brain off. <laughs> yeah, Click. turn my brain off. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Good. I will tell you that um, I started the Kelsey Brothers podcast. So just just starting it. So we'll see. Well, I know this isn't what this podcast is about, but I've been listening and it's really funny and good, but they have so much football references. I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny because in the very first one, um, Jason was talking about something and and I think that uh, Travis made the comment about, you know, that is like kind of like it's so far over everybody's heads that they don't even know what you're saying. Yeah, that would <laughs> he be made me. some reference to that. And I'm like, yeah, that would be us. Or Slants be and slots and blah, 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 and... blah, blah. I don't know any of that. So. Well, I did go watch the quarterback um, series on, I can't even get a shout out to if it's Netflix or Prime, but anyway. And it was interesting because they did a little bit of explaining because it followed four different quarterbacks last, like last season. And they kind of explained where some of that comes from. So do I remember it? No. Yeah. But same. I at least heard it in one ear and out the other, but. Right. All right. So. Okay. I listened to a podcast of one of our favorite podcasters, Mel Robbins. Must, I was going to say it must be Mel Robbins. Yeah. And I'll tell you what the date of it is. You can put the link if maybe in the notes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But it's from September 27th. So it's this year. And the title of it was Six Magic Words That Stop Anxiety and Overwhelm. <laughs> Any guess what the six words are? <laughs> quit freaking worrying about everything. <laughs> Close. What if it all works out? Oh. So she was talking about how, well, this, I, I can't tell a lot of it because then people don't want to go listen to the podcast, her podcast, but basically she's talking about how it started out. Her daughter's on a trip, she's hiking and her daughter's one that calls every day and she hadn't heard from her for like, I don't know, 72 hours or something like that. And she was freaking out, you know, like she's laying at the bottom of a cliff and she can't Paul what if something and, happened? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my word, I have done this so many times. And like, I go to the extreme. I'm planning funerals. I'm, you know, it's bad. I, I work myself up. And she said it's kind of a form of self-torture when you do that. So why? I don't know. Do you... No, I do know. I know exactly why. Because why I always go to the bad place is because then whatever happens is always better. So I'm protecting well, myself. Okay, that's true. Okay, but I want to break this down a little further <laughs> okay. because I want to because I want to understand this because I feel like I am one of those that's pretty good. Now I'm not going to say I'm really good, but I'm pretty good at trying to look at the positive and stuff. I try to find a positive spin on most everything. If somebody does something and it's like, well, they did it because they were blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, maybe it was because it was this, you know, try to find a positive spin, even though it may not be positive. <laughs> so I want to know 
and this, I'm not going to make you sad by saying this, I hope, but anyway, so like mom's whole situation with her diagnosis of lung cancer and everything. Did you go down the rabbit hole there? Sometimes. Or go off the deep end with that. But I mean, initially, did you? No. Huh? No, okay. I don't think I did. Well, okay. Because for the most part, we're pretty, we're, we're a very straightforward family. When we talk about things, we talk it all out. We, 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 we throw everything on the table that could happen in that scenario for the most part. And I feel like we have always been really good at just going, okay, this is what it is. Now, what do we do? We don't, you know, we don't go down that dark spot. So do you compartmentalize your, your spirals? Is it just dependent on who and what it is? No, but there's a difference there. I knew where it was going. Okay. It's with, it's the unknown that causes me anxiety in my, it's the, uh, I have, I have a pain in this location and I don't know what it is. Right. Or, you know, I haven't heard somebody for three days and only can be because something bad happened or yeah. So it's the unknown. I, that sends me to the anxiety thing. It's not the, and I will say it freaking happens always when I lay down to go to bed at night and she may, and she commented about that, not shutting your brain off. Well, I think that all of us suffer from that, not being able to shut it down, but I, I guess in my own, and it's yet to have happened to the negative side, it's always happened to the positive, but I guess I always felt that if something bad had happened, you know, I would, I would just kind of in my gut, I would have that feeling that something was wrong. Maybe I'm maybe because, and it's never happened yet. I mean, like when we had the tornado, when you had the tornado, I never in my gut felt that I I never had that feeling that I needed to really be worried. I mean, I needed to be worried, but like something had happened to any of you guys that somebody was dead or something. You know, I never had that feeling with Cray, with our brother, when he had his brain tumor. There's just, you know, all the different things in life that have happened. I've never really had that gut feeling that told me this is going to be bad. Is that a feeling you get? Well, I think it's different when it's happening to yourself, if that makes any sense. Because if it's happening to yourself, for example, if I knew that, well, I shouldn't say that because I would say I, I would. I would probably spiral out of control if I had some kind of life altering thing. but. Like they they go back to the tornado. I never once thought anything bad that night while I was in it. When you're in it, it's different to me because you're in, you're just surviving. You're just going through doing what you got to do. Right. But if you had been in the tornado and I didn't know, I probably would have created a lot of horrific scenarios probably in my head. Interesting. Because like with you, I, I just, I, I, in deep down in my gut, didn't feel like I just didn't have that feeling. Like I, I, and and I don't know if that's a reality, if it's really going to happen that way when something does happen, like I said, I've never had it go to the dark side, but I just in my gut, and maybe that's trying to be optimistic. I don't know. Well, I try, I'm trying really hard at not going there. And, and she said that when you say, what if it all works out, it's, it attempts to 
interrupt the spiral of going to the black the bad spot places so it basically spins your brain to pivot well it's no different than taking a negative comment and spend you're basically taking a negative and spinning it to a positive so instead of saying um oh shoot i can't even think of a example but everyone every we're going to lose every game this season in a sporting event and saying, hey, what if we win one? You know, that's taking it and spinning it to a positive, so to speak. Or I don't that's a horrible analogy. Well, then I'm going to throw this at you. Oh, crap. <laughs> then why do you not say, well, what, instead of saying, I can't, I can't lose 10 pounds. Well, what if I just lose one pound? I know. It's so like you do in- it a little bit. But that's more with yourselves, probably. It is with myself and, 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 and that could be taken when you like how you address the scale, you know, when you get on the scale in the morning, you can either look at that number and embrace it and go, okay, here's where we're at. Or you can look at it and go, ah, shit, you know, that's whatever it is. You make it, a, you reverse it and it has an effect on you. It's all how you interpret it in your head. You know, if I'm going to let it have control over me. So what do so you it's say? hundred percent. Well, lately it's been, oh, dang, good. It's not, not going anywhere. No. <laughs> not going up. Well, that's, <laughs> that's positive. That's a positive. It's not going up. Right. May not be going down, but I'm holding steady. Right. But I, I do think it's a self-defense mechanism for me. Because if I already have the worst case scenario built up, then Doom nothing you the can gloom. tell me. Yeah, nothing you can tell me is going to be worse than I've already created. Okay, so I will give you a time in my life where that definitely held true. So we talk we've talked about this a couple of times so it's going to be just here's a spoiler alert. You won't get to hear about this story till February. So <laughs> um but when Rodney was in the hospital, when my husband was in the hospital with the fire and the other gentleman that was in the fire with him, his girlfriend was at the hospital where they were at because we were in different cities. And she had called me and told me, you know, had the image, let me just put it this way. The image that I had worked up in my head from not necessarily what she had, well, some of what she had said, because she flew in the plane with, with my husband, but the image I had concocted in my head Versus what I walked in and saw when I walked into that room were two totally different places. It was so much worse in my head so that when I walked into that room, I was relieved at what I, I, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is doable. You know, this is, this is okay. Because but you I were preparing in. yourself for the worst. And I don't, yes, whether it was intentional or not, I definitely did. Because I was, that's all I, that's where my brain was going. Right. But she had kind of given you some information to create a visual too, probably. Yes. So that made a difference. I yes, think. I, I had had some background feedback from different people that I had concocted this in my head. So I was actually relieved when I saw it. So, yeah, I was trying to think if I, I don't know. I don't know that I go to the doom and gloom that, I mean, I do in certain areas, I don't know. That's, that's a question. So how do we break that? You just break it by saying, but what if it all works out? That's, that's the fix. Well, that's her, that was her, her fix. 
So I've tried saying it, but then I just feel weird about saying it. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be my fix. My fix is just stop thinking. <laughs> just quit thinking. <laughs> turn your brain off. <laughs> yeah, turn my brain off. But I don't understand. I'll go back to the sleeping thing. I don't understand why I can go to bed with the zero things on my mind. But as soon as I lay down and try to go to sleep, there they all are. I don't know. You know, that's interesting because I, I shared with you a few nights ago, I I just woke up 1230 wide awake. I could not fall back asleep. So I just went upstairs and watched TV for like four hours. I was awake in the middle of the night and I don't know. I didn't feel like my brain was reeling from anything, but then it's like, okay, was I subconsciously something going on in my head to wake me up and make me stay up that long? But I don't necessarily do it when I lay down. Um, you said something. So do you think you're a worrier? Yes and no. I worry about stuff, but I also have come to the conclusion and I've I've tried to get myself to a spot where I look at something and if it's out of my control, I can't, you know, there's there's nothing I can do about it. So me worrying about certain situations is not going to change them. If it's something that's in my control, yeah, then I probably definitely am. But like Let's just use, for example, the stuff that's going on in the world right now. There's a bunch of, you know, the crap that's going on. I, as one individual, can't change that. It's anything I do personally right here and now is going to change that. I can just do the best I can do in my world and hopefully it radiates out to other people because there's nothing. It's out of my control. Right. So you're saying, so like, say when your kids were in high school and they didn't show up when they said they were going to show up. Did you worry then? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But that wasn't in your control. I know. I know. But those are, but those are my, that's, but yes, I did worry then. And I do worry, you know, I thank God for the the app that we can find our friends because I can at least go look and see where they are to know that. I know, but in high school, we didn't have that. I know. And I think about that and how guilty I feel about the number of times that, you know, our parents didn't know where we were. And they had no way to even call, text, find us, find us, find us on their friends, <laughs> nothing. Us. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how did our mother not drink, smoke, swear, whatever, cut? Well, she did. Okay. She did a couple of those things, but I, how did they not? I would have been a freaking basket case. I know. I I was thinking the same thing because even when our kids got up there, we at least had a cell phone. I mean, they had cell phones, but right. Which on the other hand pisses me off even more because they do have a cell phone and they still don't answer it. Still didn't answer it some some of the time. Well, then you then that's another worry because you're like, why are they not answering their phone? Can they? So I had at one point I was like, okay, we're going to come up with the safe word. If I text you. And you're not where you can text me back. At least text me that word so I know it's you. And I'll at least know you're okay. Yeah. But you need a you need a safe word and you need an alert word. Right. Because because if you text them and they are in a situation, you know, if if you say, Are you with Aunt Shirley? We don't have an Aunt Shirley, so that'd be good. They can say yes if they're safe and no if they're not, or whatever, you know. Right. Um well, that was my thought too, was have a, have a question that you ask your kids that no one else would know 
mm-hmm. or a reference, like you said, it could be random, you know, hey, I let your dog out or something like that, that would be clearly not something you would normally text them, something random that you wouldn't normally text them that if someone else has their phone, at least they might not know how to answer that. Right, right. No, I, I can remember actually a time when when I was pregnant. It was in the summer. I was pregnant with my third child and I was very, very pregnant. And when I say very pregnant, I mean, I was 19 days or less from having this child. And we had a an event in town and we live, to put a little perspective, we live about you know, 12 miles from this town or in the country. And I had taken the older two kids home and one of the, the cousins with me to our house and my husband had stayed in town and it got to be a certain hour and he wasn't there and he wasn't there and he wasn't there. And I'm like, holy cow. So I tried to call him because we had phones, called him. He didn't answer. He didn't answer. He didn't answer. Well, now I'm worried and I'm in a house with three kids and I'm thinking, okay, if he's in a ditch, you know, I, all I could imagine is he had wrecked the car. He was in a ditch, you know, so you went there. I went there. I didn't have him dead and planning funerals, but I was. I went there. So I had to actually call somebody else and say, and they drove to town. Well, it was a, there was nothing wrong to say the least, but yeah, I went there. I'll go there, but it's because we've seen it happen. You know, when you're talking about cars and kids and dirt roads, it's not a good combination, but yeah, I don't know how our parents did it, how, and maybe I guess we never asked. They just, and, and when our kids got of age, I guess it was hard to just trust them and think, okay, I'm telling them this time and they're going to get home safe, but there's a hell of a lot of trust, just like starting driving. When they start to drive, you just have to trust that they know what the hell they're doing. Right. And I don't always necessarily worry about what they're doing. I worry about all the other weirdos out there that, you know, and the whole, you know, living in a small town, sometimes you get very comfortable and, and bad things can happen in a small town. You oh, know, I'll see kids, young kids, little kids riding their bikes to the quick shop, which is on a main highway, very well-traveled highway in town. And I'm like, there is no way I would have ever let my kid do that by themselves at seven years old. Oh, hail to the no. Because, you know, someone just grabs them and there my mind goes, yeah. playing and stuff. <laughs> I had to tell you a story and laugh because... um our youngest lives in town and, and she does live close up to toward interstate. And the night she made a comment to us. She's like, I could just be abducted and no one would ever know that I was gone because no one ever checks on me. And so we actually happened to be in town, us and our older son and his wife eating that night. And so when we left, um, he drove by her house and, and sent a Snapchat that, that she's home. Her lights are on. She's safe. I checked on her, <laughs> but you know, but I, I guess what, what really jumped out at me is you said you didn't say you worried about them. You said you worried about them and you were planning funerals. That's the extreme that threw me, that you went to that extreme. Oh, no, it's bad. It's bad. And I, and it is self-torture. I do it to myself and I know that I shouldn't. And I'm trying to work really hard at not going there and just being present where we're at and not going any further than that and creating all the what ifs and the funerals. <laughs> yeah, I know. but it's hard. It's hard not to go that far. 
So do you, so I would assume you do it with your kids. You do it with family. Do you find mm-hmm. yourself doing that with friends or well, other some friends. situations? Some friends. No, I really don't. Like you said, there's a lot of turmoil in the world. You know, I don't stress about the presidency or the, any politics for, for that matter. And for the wars, we don't know who competed against each other. <laughs> right. And like, I can watch documentaries. I love documentaries and I can watch them and they might be horrific or horrible or very controversial or, you know, whatever, but I don't get personally caught up in that. So it really is probably just family, very close friends. And even then, I don't go to the extreme with probably friends that I would with my own family, I would say. Well, I think that's a natural instinct with right. our own. We want to protect and, and, you know, you, we talk about that type of stuff. We have a lot of medical stuff that's gone on. And I think it's, you hear like, that's why I was asking you hear something like you have this pain and you go Google it. Well, hell, that's the worst thing you can do. They say, but we all do it. And then right. you go down this entire rabbit hole. But I think in that situation, we are a lot alike because I want to know all the facts. I want to know everything I can so that when I go in and they tell me what's going on, I'm not surprised. I think that is the biggest thing. I don't want to be blindsided by something. Right. And, to, and, and if I've re- researched it all and, and, and looked at all the facts and everything that's going on in, in the situation. Because knowledge is power. There you go. <laughs> then I feel like at least I'm not going to be like I said, I'm not going to be blindsided by something. And I, I, for, okay. So for me, I have to definitely look at things and I have to research them. I have to think them through. I don't make snap decisions. A lot of times I'm just not that type of person. So it doesn't matter if it's remodeling, um, if it's updating something, if it's purchasing something, I'm not a real, just, Oh, just go do it. I, if it's a major thing, I'm going to really do a lot of research. I'm going to plan out. Then I feel like if something changes, I at least can shift and pivot and not just be totally blown out of the water by it. If that makes any sense. Yes. And I know exactly when mine started. When I just thought of it. Didn't even have this written down. Oh my gosh. We are going to cure you in one session. Well, you're not going to cure me, but I know when it started. Because when you said blindsided, that's what triggered what I, that is a huge trigger for me. So I was 21 years old and we get a, we're living, um, not living at home anymore. We're living, I'm married and we're living away from home and get a phone call that I need to meet my mother. Did you go? me and me. Was Craig there? I don't remember. It was just Anyway. Meet you guys like halfway between where we are and you are. And because she had something she wanted to tell us in person, me and my husband. And I don't know if he knew what it was. I don't think he did, but he did not. He did not tell her. Okay. But anyway, or so, she did not tell him. So I have no idea. So we're driving the hour and a half or two hours it takes to get where we're meeting all these things are going through my head. I'm thinking that you're pregnant. You're a teenage teenager and you're pregnant. I'm thinking that my brother. Thank you got very on, much. You're welcome. 
I'm thinking that my brother got on drugs and he's in trouble. I mean, I've got all the, all of it going in my head and we get there and she announces that our dad just blindsided her with, he wanted a divorce and they'd been married for 25 years. And I was like, holy moly. I, I mean, that, that one never never once crossed my mind not one time did that cross my mind and so i felt so blindsided i think at that point that's probably when the wall went up and i went okay nothing's ever going to surprise me again and so i just always prepare myself to not be blindsided so that and i really think that's when it started because it i think i was. just felt so knocked over that i couldn't I don't know. I just, I, I just didn't like the feeling. And so I just didn't want that to happen anymore. So therefore I just kind of <sighs> make it my own, my own stuff. You feel like that was the very first time you ever had that feeling? Honestly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because we'd really never had anything in our family as far as, you know, big surprises or big catastrophes or big. Now, since then we've oh, had Lord, that just was. <laughs> That was just like, open the floodgates, let the spirals come. Right. And so I think that probably was it right there. And I think right. you can send me your bill because I just, well, no, actually I diagnosed myself. So <laughs> no, but I prompted you. There see, you go. So there you go. But yeah, no, I would definitely agree that that was, that was definitely a moment. And I don't, I can't say maybe it is the reason I do what I do now, because maybe that's the reason I research it all and have to look at everything and have to really inform myself about something so that I'm not blindsided. Maybe I that think is. that's more your mother, our <laughs> mother. I think that was more, that came more from her. She was a, okay. very much a planner and a, but, but yeah. was she, yeah, she was like that before, before yeah. 1987. Oh yeah. So that was a normal in her. So I can't really say that, but no, I, I can definitely see that that would cause you to put the walls up and, and cause it, it didn't only blindside you. I, the same had my thoughts were the fact, cause I had found out the day before you did. And I, we had gone to see our brother where he was in college and I assumed that there was something wrong with him because <laughs> we had to go there. Yeah. And so I had him. Yeah. On drugs, an alcoholic. I don't know what I had all kinds of shit in my head for him. Poor him. Yeah. He was thrown down, we, down the peripheral. <laughs> we, we really have a lot of faith in each other <laughs> as siblings. Sounds but like I, I feel like we were trying to prepare ourselves for the worst or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. And I never did ask him what he thought. Yeah. Because he got to... the same phone call that we were meeting. Oh, when yeah. I went, when we went over there, but anyway, oh, I could definitely see. So it's interesting because you and I have talked before about how they always say there's this big thing in your past that, that makes you do the things and be the things you are. Look at us. We just found one of your things. Cause we kept saying now there's been a lot of big things that's happened, but it's nothing that traumatized us forever. Yeah. I mean, it didn't traumatize me forever. Obviously I was, I grew up and figured it out, but I will say, though, this is kind of a whole different podcast subject, but I will say, though, as being an adult, I feel like, I mean, I don't want to diminish little kids who have get parents get divorced, but as an adult having parents who got divorced, 
you understand a lot more of what's going on when you're a little kid you just know that you know dad or mom doesn't live here anymore with they're not they don't live together but as an adult you know all the what behind the scenes stuff and so you process you're probably more mad processing whereas you're if you're a little kid you're probably more sad processing it I guess and that's what I think I, I don't know if that's true but no, I have, we've had um, friends that have been gone through divorces. We've had, you know, friends that have had little kids and gone through divorces. And I've always said, you know, when they're young like that, right or wrong, kids bounce back so fast and they look at something and all they know is that this is just the way it is. And they adjust, they, right. they just do, they don't know any different and growing up, they're never going to know any different. And I think as being a, you know, a teenager, cause I was 15 when it happened, almost 16, and I processed it. I felt like I went through it just like our mother did. You know, yeah. I felt like I was going through the same things as her emotionally. Obviously, there was some voids of that, but oh yeah. It's a whole well, but as walking. a young child, I would assume that could cause anxiety in a young child if something like that happens to them, because that's also fear of the unknown. You don't really know. So then you're just kind of creating things in your head about, I'm well, never going to see my other parent. I'm never going to, you know things like or that fear, fear of people just leaving you know right because some of these some of these parents when they leave they never see their they don't see them again you never know right hopefully that's so. not what they're doing but anyway I wish I would have took more notes on the podcast because it was a really good one so be sure and link it in the notes if I will you can because um and now you can go listen to it if you want to if you haven't yet well but, I might have listened to it but it oh. was a couple days several days ago so I yeah I remembered yeah. what she said and I knew you was going to throw a scale at me because that was because as I'm listening, I'm thinking of it, thinking, I don't. OK, what do. And then she got I was trying to correlate it to things in my life. And I was like, I don't know that I do this because I'm pretty much a, you know, try to don't let it drag me down. But until she said something about the damn bathroom scale and I was like, yep, there she goes. Yeah. The bomb so. dropped right there. Right. But, but no. it's it's a good one. We love Mel Robbins. She does a lot of good podcasts. All right. So are you got some Mary? I do. And I don't have a year, but I'm guessing it's in the 60s because this oh. one is titled not potpourri. It's called Mary Wright. Oh. And I think that was in the 60s. Um, So one of our really early ones. And it's kind of an interesting one. Actually, it has a little bit to do with worry. I was surprised I found I mean I just kind of randomly found it so you, you just are getting really good at this <laughs> well I skimmed through the book and then I'm like um I should have like highlighted what ones I've already read because I'm going to repeat some I'm sure at some point I won't I won't remember what ones I've read but probably That's no one okay. else will either so if go. it was that good you liked it again so. right <laughs> all right so she says we worry about communism and what it will do to us communism will do no more to us than we let it we shouldn't fear that something outside our country will harm us. What will harm our country is the same thing that will harm us. Our life is what we make of it and not what someone else makes of it for us. We are much more harmed by our own thoughts and attitudes than by any outside circumstances. Ta-da! Amen, Mary. So there Very you go. Fitting. Yeah, she definitely hit the nail on the head that you're creating all that crap in your head and there's no point in it. You don't yep. even need to do that. So well, I'm going to get better. Squash those demons before yeah. they come up. 
right now. I think that's a natural thing. We all want to protect ourselves. So we do it automatically. Yep. All right. Well, what if it all works out? That's what we'll say from here on out. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. And now for our disclaimer. Anything you hear on this podcast is strictly for entertainment purposes. We are not professionals of any way, shape, or form. So just enjoy the content and laugh a little right alongside of us.